RNMD is a show about hospital relationships from the perspective of doctors and nurses. You're very smart, and we know that you would never come to a podcast for medical advice. So obviously, call your non-podcasting doctor and nurse team if you need any medical care. Oh, and we should also mention that we don't represent any hospital at all, ever. Okay, start the thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RNMD, a show about doctors and nurses working together in this mad world of medicine. I'm Daniel, your doctor host, and today we're going to be talking with Rishi Kumar. He is a Harvard-trained, triple-board-certified cardiothoracic anesthesiologist and intensivist. You may also know him on his Instagram at at RishiMD and his website, rk.md, also on his Twitter, at Rishi Kumar MD. We had a fun chat about medical misinformation today. This guy's such a down-to-earth guy to talk to. Um, interestingly enough, he also has a girlfriend who's a nurse, too. Here it goes. Rishi, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Thank you all for having me. Yay. Th- thank I know you so that you- much. You worked last night. What were you saying about your your you were at the hospital doing a lung transplant? Yeah, I mean, I was on call, so it was kind of luck of the draw. Whoever is on call and these transplants come in batches, then you end up staying and doing them. So that was me last night. But hey, someone got along. Oh, that is awesome. Actually, (laughs) that's really cool. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was hoping we could talk about because I've watched some of your videos and I know like medical misinformation is like a hot topic right now. I was hoping we could kind of talk about that, if that's okay with you. Of course. And I found some really I like went on a deep dive on Instagram today and I found (laughs) some like really messed up people. And I want to like I'm going to I'm going to tell you what they are touting. And then I'm going to like pitch it to you guys, the doctors, and you guys can tell me what you think about it. I might need to go take a Xanax and a beta blocker real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I've had anxiety all day because of like how many celery cleanses I had to read about. (laughs) Let's let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. so first things first, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you first? Yeah, I'm I'm Rishi. <laughs> I'm a uh, cardiothoracic anesthesiologist and ICU physician in Houston, Texas. I did my um, medical training in Houston. I'm from here originally. Did my med school residency here. I was in Boston for my fellowships and came back home. So I love technology. I love the kind of combination of using technology to as an outlet for medical education and incorporating it into improving bedside diagnostics and uh, things like that. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love your videos. I love your channel. I always learn so much. Thank you. I love your I love your stuff. Man. I, I appreciate I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK, so let's dive in, guys. It's a doozy. So first of all, a lot of the medical misinformation that I saw on Instagram specifically, I'm going to be specific. It's like social media. Okay. So a lot of the stuff that I was looking at today was focused mostly on essential oils, anything that 
detoxes anything, liver, kidney, colon, etc., your skin, alkaline water, colonics, immune support, home IV infusions, which are done by nurses mostly, diet cures. I mean, that that one goes far and wide, like you you eat celery and you cure cancer. Bee sting therapy, which was really interesting. And then obviously like vaccines and Gwyneth Paltrow's company Goop also is like a, a big one too. Okay. So first things first, the essential oil topic. Do you know anything about this? <laughs> so it's funny you bring that up because I, I can't help but think about the picture that I saw floating around the internet when COVID first started, where all the hand sanitizers were taken off the shelves and produce and food and everything was missing. The only thing that was left were the essential oils. That was the only <laughs> thing left on, on the shelves in yeah. grocery stores yeah. and pharmacies. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, honestly, not, they're not that uh, essential, I guess. No, <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> I guess I don't really know its applicability to COVID per se, or or any disease process, and in general, I mean, I can't say they work. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely biased towards Western medicine, but mm -hmm. it's their essential oils. Like, show me, show me the data. That, mm -hmm. like, please. <laughs> so Dan was saying earlier he doesn't really know much about essential oils. So maybe I'll just explain really quickly. Basically, they take a plant, mostly a plant, and they boil it down and then they take the water and everything and then they skim the top and the top is like an oil from the plants like a plant extract and then they bottle it and the main things that I saw were like obviously like aromatherapy I mean that's really what it is right it's aromatherapy and we put this nice name on it which is like essential oil and that that in and of itself is not dangerous or harmful. But there there are these companies like doTERRA, for example, where it's it's basically like kind of like a pyramid scheme. And then you have to recruit your neighbor and and then people are ingesting them. And oh, um, a lot a lot of these doTERRA people specifically because the FDA regulates you can't say it cures cancer, obviously, but a lot of these doTERRA people, they won't say it outright, but they will sort of insinuate that you can cure cancer. I, I saw a lot of stuff about autism and things like that, which is just like so dangerous and scary. The idea of ingesting something just because without actually knowing if it confers a benefit never really jived with me. Like there are a lot of people in the world who have very expensive pee just like multivitamins and things like that. I mean, yeah, is it if you weigh the benefits and risks for a multivitamin, probably not going to hurt you. Could it interact with certain things potentially, but in overall is it going to help you? That's the other thing. Like, uh, I don't really know. And mm -hmm. they've looked at this stuff. Vitamin C was a huge topic in sepsis and recently there's been data that shows that yeah, originally the thought was what's the harm? Steroids, some vitamins, maybe helps with sepsis and doesn't seem to have panned out. So mm -hmm. just like everything else, benefits versus risks. And I guess as far as essential oils go, not really, not really feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, what do you think? Well said. I think that just the concept of it doesn't really, doesn't really resonate with me. I think also mm -hmm. people use it on their skin as well. I think they believe like they can absorb it and that can have some, you know, medical benefits in some way. I've never tried it myself, so I have no idea what it's like. 
But I think the more medical education you have, the more apt you are to see its lack of potential benefits, you know, in terms of harm. I mean, like Abby said, I I don't think this will cause that much harm, but the harm is not about the actual medication. The harm is about telling people false, you know, information, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's unfortunate people. And I mean, hopefully it doesn't cause people to use this as an alternate to traditional therapies when they're, when they're facing a very, you know, burdensome illness, you know, or something that really requires urgent treatment. And now they're using essential oils as alternatives. That's when we fall into problems, you know? Yeah. I mean, that definitely happens. That's definitely a problem. Yeah. And like you're saying, people put it on their skin. I mean, I, I found this article kind of easily. I, I don't know if you guys can see this, but it's like someone who put essential oils on her face and she had a oh, reaction. Shoot to it on her face yeah so i mean there are there are there is harm and ingesting it specifically is regulated because there's actually essential oil in some of the food that we eat some of the things that the grocery store have but that amount is actually regulated by the fda and Mm -hmm. so the amount that the doTERRA salesman is telling you is not regulated, you know, that amount is different. So in small doses is one thing. But when you're, you know, there are women who specifically women, I hate to say that, but that's who it's marketed to, who spray it on themselves and their children, and they put it in their foods. And when they're sick, they give it to them as medicine. And you know, it's like when you're ingesting that amount, I mean, who knows, there's like you said, Rishi, there's no data, we have no idea what it's doing. I wish there was like, I guess the last six months have shown a lot of this tendency to attack, even from healthcare professionals saying, oh, you know, you're stupid for believing in this. Well, are you? Because there's not evidence for everything. There's no evidence saying that if you walk off the edge of a building, that's a bad idea. I'm still not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was evidence that said hydroxychloroquine would help or that essential oils would help. Like mm-hmm. we would be the first people to start using it. But mm-hmm. there's just not. <laughs> right. There's right. just not. And there's like that picture right there. There's potential harm. And then what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and to Dan's point, too, I think, you know, these types of people with the medical misinformation who are also selling something, right? They're selling. They're still selling you something. It is maybe a cheaper alternatives to some vulnerable population who don't have insurance or something and are desperate and seeking out something, you know. That's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Okay. This Dan, episode you... is brought to you by R and MD Essential Oils. <laughs> Doterra salesman. <laughs> well, it was a lemon verbena flavor. Well, yeah, yeah but that's that your favorite. Be... Shout that's out to my pillow guy. <laughs> okay, Dan, tell us about alkaline water. Alkaline water? What's I don't alkaline know what water? That, I don't know. I, I don't. You explained it to me. I still don't understand it. I did not explain it to you. Okay, well, explain well, it now. Well, definitionally speaking, is that a word? Definitionally? It I kind of like that. I like kind of like that. It's good, right? <laughs> Go with it. It kind of is self explanatory. It's water that's alkaline. Okay. I feel like people who are listening to most people know what alkaline is. You have acidic and you have alkaline. Uh-huh. Acidic but, has okay. a lower pH. But I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. Okay. All right. If what? it's alkaline, okay. I didn't get and to then, that yet. Okay. 
What's going on? Did you you took too many essential oils today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Not enough. Not enough. You really need to. You got anxiety is flaring up yeah, there. Yeah. Essentially, essentially, that's another word that is a key word in this podcast <laughs> episode. It's alkaline water, and people believe they say it can help with anti-aging because of antioxidant properties. Colon cleansing properties. Mm-hmm. I swear, I don't know what cleansing your colon is besides, I guess, going to the bathroom. Immune system support. It just supports it. It supports it. Why not take it? It supports it. It helps with skin health and detoxif- and has detoxifying properties. Weight loss. Why not throw that in there, right? <laughs> yeah. And cancer resistance. Wow. Wait, so my skin will look better. I'll be more resistant to cancer. And I'll anti-age myself. You'll anti-age yourself. <laughs> that sounds great. You'll Benjamin Button yourself. I, I have a I have a question. <laughs> if you drink alkaline water, it goes into your stomach, which has acid in it. So there is some science behind alkaline water, but none of it confers the benefits that I mentioned. Okay. <laughs> That's the problem here. There's a study that was published by the World Health Organization, which is the U.S. strongly backs, as we know. Uh-huh. <laughs> It cautions against drinking. I can see Rishi laughing, but it sounds not coming through. (laughs) Cautions against drinking water with low mineral content, which is created by reverse osmosis, distillation, and other methods on a regular basis. Some scientists advise using reverse osmosis to adequately purify water before connecting an alkaline ionizer, which raises the pH and adds minerals. So there is some people who say there are some health benefits to it. It's just like drinking water, The basically. only thing that's proven, apparently, from a study is that it makes your blood a little bit less viscous, apparently, which can improve oxygen flow to your tissues, but it's very Rishi, big. what do you think of this? So going back to the essential oils thing, when COVID happened, those are the only things left on the shelves. We were potentially going to receive two hurricanes, more or less at the same time, in the Gulf Coast area, and the only water that was available on the shelves was alkaline water and I have some (laughs) which is gathering dust every part of me hates this because my girlfriend got it I was just like take that out of here get that out of here I cannot be caught dead with this in the closet the stomach does a really good job of neutralizing and acidifying whatever you put into it so there are a lot of foods that are basic like not pumpkin spice basic but we're talking like alkaline basic and your stomach does a good job of acidifying all that So when you give it water in its purest form, the hydroxide anion, which confers the alkalinity, it's just going to have a field day. It's going to just make more water out of that by taking that H plus ion from the hydrochloric acid. And you're just going to make water. That's that's what you're going to do. It's going to neutralize it. It's going to do what it's been designed to do for, you know, forever. (laughs) So. Yeah, I don't believe. I saw you calculating the amount of time in your head. But that's right. Like, that's yeah, way the too log, much time. Base over acid and all that. <laughs> Can that major. Oh my god. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't. I don't really buy it. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of crap. Literally, okay. you don't believe it, and you will not buy it, right? But no, she bought so the it. No, problem, the problem is she did buy it, and I'm just like, I still can't believe I have it sitting in the apartment. She's not here right now. I'm tempted to go and throw it away, but she actually paid for it, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Why don't she like put a spray, use it, put it in a spray bottle, and like use it for cleaning stuff? Watch it start like eating away at plastic, and it's like this. This is what you wanted to put in your stomach. (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, so colonics. Have you guys heard of colonics? 
It sounds familiar, but not specifically now. Can you please tell us about that, Abby? Okay, so I learned about colonics on E. Remember when that was like E Hollywood <clears throat> News Channel or whatever? Okay, so I watched this girl in Beverly Hills go get a colonic with her best friend. And they, okay, I Googled it. I Googled how much water they use, okay? Oh my God. Up to 15 gallons of water they put in your, into your colon to clean it, to cleanse no. it, weight loss, detoxify your body. Weight and loss. They, yeah. They <laughs> recommend that you do it regularly also, that you have to keep doing it because you keep ingesting toxins and just your the atmosphere itself. You just walking around in the world, you're absorbing toxins. They go to your colon. You need 15 gallons of water to flush it out. And there's actually been people who have gotten perforations because of this. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you would lose weight if you got rid of all that poop in your system. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I still can't get over the fact like, hey, let me take my BFF and let's get our poop taken out with 15 gallons. Like, this is, let's make it like a mani-pedi colon cleansing day or something like that. Like, I can't get over that, but. I'm not a GI expert or anything like that, but that just sounds like a bad idea. I don't know how you're going to disrupt the normal flora, fauna, kind of the ecosystem that your bowel kind of needs to maintain overall immune health. Intuitively, it's like, all right, if I go on there and just like, you know, power wash everything, everything should be cleansed, quote unquote, but are mm -hmm. you actually causing more harm than good? It's just like douching. Like right. Women are told don't do that for a lot of good reasons intuitively you would think it's a good idea i guess because you're quote unquote cleaning but cleaning yeah it's not really doing anything it's designed to be that way for a reason so yeah i i don't i'm not into that now if it's for something like bowel prep for a colonoscopy or something that's a little different they're not going in 15 liter or 15 gallons <clears throat> of water and doing that right yeah that's crazy. and maybe that's you know that's a good point because maybe that's why they recommend you doing it regularly because once you do it, it Fs up your system and now you, you can't keep... go without it, you know? Yeah, you have it's to like, keep oh, doing it. It's like, oh, we fucked up your, your flora and your fauna, so now you have to rely on us. <laughs> your flora and your fauna, like both so, of them. Mainly well, the fauna. That's a good way to, <laughs> I guess, have people, you know, repeat customers, I guess. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And it's not cheap. It's like hundreds of dollars when you go. Does insurance yeah. cover it? I'm sure that it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, My eleven ninety-nine insurance. <laughs> the is union's a, like, like sure. Is it copay? Like a high copay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. This one, this one's a little more strange for me. I have I have trouble with this one. Wait, are we done so, with colonics? Oh no, keep going. You want to talk more? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it was very fauna. I don't know. Go ahead. You, you like go ahead. it. Oh, you like the clutch. Like <laughs> okay. All right. We could be done with it now. Go ahead. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Have you guys seen there's like these IV infusions where you can get a nurse to come to your house? Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> I first of all, these are like medical professionals. They should yeah. know better, right? For the right price, people are willing to do a lot of things. So I know people who I don't work with them, but that are physicians who open little clinics like this and 
It's very lucrative. It's very easy to upkeep. It doesn't take much in the way of labor slash supplies or anything like that. And you can charge whatever you want because this is all like out of pocket. And from a business standpoint, I can't fault them from it for doing that. But then from a, like WTF guys, like what are you doing with your life? Like, yeah, that part bothers me. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with you from an economic perspective or fiscally speaking. I think, sure. I mean, if you have the opportunity to do it and you can make money from it, but WTF, I agree. I mean, the liability that you have with something like this is, I mean, all you have to do is one wrong, you know, you, you, you infuse somebody the wrong way one time, or they have a reaction to what you're doing, or you give them an infection and that, you know, I mean, you're done, you're done, your license is done. I think no, I think the problem isn't that as much because if you have a facility like Rishi said, that's a little different. But if you, there's these, I think there's a lot of nurses or doctors that go to people's homes and yeah. kind of do mm -hmm. it off the books. That's right. Think you got yourself in trouble. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people in New York City for like bachelor parties and stuff. It's like the yeah. day after they have a nurse come in and pop an IV. And it's just like a banana bag, basically, that yeah. they put in everybody. You know, it's like just drink some Gatorade. I don't know. It's like a cool thing to do. You know, it's kind of like the colonic thing. It's like, what? Why is this a thing? Well, if there's people willing to pay for anything, there's going to be a market for it. And then people are going to accommodate, try to profit yeah. off of it. So. Yeah. Ethically, I'm just like, you know, in the risk of doing these things, you put like, you know, 22 gauge IV, 20 gauge IV, run a liter of fluid, give some Zofran, give some thiamine, you know, just simple vitamins and antiemetics and risks are extremely low for like thrombophlebitis and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the liability is there, but it's so, so small relative to the enormous profits that could be there. Mm -hmm. That being said, no, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, the one I looked one up that's here in the city and the one that I saw, it's it's obviously it's like overseen by a doctor, but like the doctor's nowhere to be found, like nowhere. So really, these nurses are just kind of out on their own doing their own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, that just seems very strange to me. But What would be the Venmo for something like that? Right. <laughs> you would have to give me a lot. <laughs> To do banana that. bag, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't know. It would have to be a lot. It's like yeah. a banana emoji. That's you know? right. <laughs> but it's like also if it's for a party or something. I mean, think about if it's two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. You know, and you have like an eight person minimum or something. And really, it's like maybe an hour's worth of work. I mean, that's a lot more than you make at the hospital. Oh, easy, easy, and liabilities way lower. If it's an hour's worth of work, I mean, pop four IVs in and just, you know, let the fluid strip <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's probably 10 minutes at most. I don't know why, like the idea of popping an IV is humorous to me. I don't know. Pop, <laughs> pop four IVs. I feel like the really good nurses, they're like that. They just walk in the room and they're like, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> so why don't we set this up? We'll have like a thing going. It's a little syndicate. You got your stuff in Texas. We got the New York City branch. <laughs> The Why thing not? is, we we've got we've even got like ketamine clinics and like other like more extreme versions of that, and oh my like god, liability is going up with that way more than like IV fluids and banana mm -hmm. bags and whatever. So people here are, I mean, not just here, anywhere, especially big cities. There, there's going to be a market for it. So 
if you can get through the red tape, it's feasible and people are pursuing that. By the way, what's your sport team over there? What do you, who's your, your Dallas Cowboys fan? No, Houston Rockets. Houston oh, Rockets. Man. I'm a basketball guy. So Houston oh, Rockets. Oh, nice. Me Not too. the Texans because Texans haven't won a thing ever since like we existed. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much just NBA. All right. There you go. I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm so sorry. I'm always in a constant state. Yeah, yeah. Constant <laughs> state of disappointment. I've been to multiple ketamine clinics. Like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what. I've never been. My girlfriend's from Long Island, and I'd only been to New York once. This is sidetracking. I'm sorry, but I went there for an interview for residency. But I was like in and out. And then when I met her, we drew, we took a train from Long Island to the city and I'm over there like full on tourist style, like looking around with my camera, like I haven't lived in the States for the last 30 plus years. But <laughs> at one point we get off, get out on the street level and I turn around and I'm like, that's Madison Square Garden. Like that's the garden. Never seen it before. And she's like, yeah, so what? And I'm like, that's where the Knicks play. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> but, it is yeah. cool, actually. There aren't that many places like Madison Square Garden, actually. Like, apparently, like, they have the loudest, like, speakers there. So when they announce things, it's, like, super loud, you know? I didn't know that. Like I never, a, so I didn't go inside. I only saw it from the outside. Uh, but, no, growing up, like, Patrick Ewing days, like, man, I, I used to watch the Knicks all the time. Nice. Not to mention all the other shows and things that go on there. What about the Pistons, guys? Come on. Oh, my God. (laughs) Come on. Grant Hill. It's not 1995 anymore. (laughs) Grant Hill, fine. But that was was a while ago. (laughs) I still remember. I still remember. (laughs) I do like Grant Hill. I'll give you that. I wanted to ask you guys why, as I was doing all this research... I noticed that a lot of the doctors, especially on Instagram, are touting all of this like misinformation and this fake, you know, cures for everything. A lot of them are chiropractors. And so I wanted to ask your guys' thoughts and we're going to put chiropractor. Rishi is like dying right now. I'm going to put chiropractors on blast. But first, we need to have a word from our sponsors. I'm so, so, so thrilled to announce that RNMD and my page, The Nocturnal Nurse, are now a part of Club Clove, which I'm sure that you've all seen on social media and on Good Morning America. The Clove sneaker was designed from scratch for healthcare workers. And first of all, they're adorable. Also, I have a very personal relationship with this company. Joe is the founder of Clove. His wife is a nurse, Tamara. So Joe, Tamara, my dog Lucy, and their dog Boomer are all friends. We actually lived in New York City. They used to live in New York City. And she was working as a nurse in New York City. And when he went to get his MBA, they moved to Philly. Before that, I used to watch their dog, their cute, beautiful dog. And I'm going to post pictures of this too. Lucy was actually at his birthday party, which was amazing. I used to watch their dog. They used to watch my dog, Lucy, constantly. And we were like little dog friends. We went to this bar in Brooklyn that like allows dogs and we like brought the dogs and both of our dogs hated it (laughs) because both of our dogs, the reason why they're friends is because they're like old curmudgeons and they hate everybody. But they love each other because they just will lay near each other and not really interact because they both think that they're people. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's how I know Joe. And then Joe went to business school and because of his relationship with his wife, he saw a need for sneakers for nurses and he decided to make clove and it blew up. And I was like, I couldn't even believe it when I saw how popular and how beautiful these sneakers are. First of all, they are water repellent, which of course, let's be honest, we're not just talking about water, right? We're in the hospital. I'm not going to go into gross details, but I think you all know what I'm talking about. I love the clothes. Joe sent me the beautiful new aqua clothes that he has. The laces, you just can pop your foot right into them because I'm constantly running late. The train is coming. My ride is coming. I'm running late for work. I still want to get a nice coffee on the way. And I don't want to be that person who shows up five minutes late, but I still got my coffee in my hand. So like I can pop the sneaker on, I can run down. The tread is really grippy, which I love. And it's really cute too. It's like very stylish and very cute because we have a uniform we have to wear at my job. I don't get to pick and choose what I wear unless it's on the weekend and the manager isn't there. Shh. But normally I have to wear this like really ugly, bright teal color. So at least with my sneaker, I can be a little expressive and a little unique. Something that I think is really important too. You guys know me. I'm very picky about who I pair with. Clove really understands the problems that we're facing on so many different levels within the medical system right now. And let's be honest, low key, that's what this podcast is really about is like flushing out those problems, exploring those problems and changing them. Clove since March has donated $75,000 in products to healthcare workers who have been battling COVID-19. Currently, they're actually partnering with the National Black Nurses Association, um, and they're providing, with that organization, they're providing a virtual conference for free. It's a weekend filled with like education and entertainment. It's something that supports Black nurses. This event is going to support Black nursing students. They have guest speakers about institutional racism and they have celebrity speakers and it's kind of an amazing event and I don't know a lot of companies there's a lot of companies out there that I feel like they say they'll post a picture or they'll post and it's kind of virtue signaling and it's kind of for pandering right and that's not what we're about here right <laughs> RNMD if you're here you know that like we actually care about this stuff and we want to make a change for real Clove is definitely doing that. They put their money where their mouth is. They're helping multiple movements, COVID nurses, Black Lives Matter, mental health awareness. All of these are projects that are near and dear to my heart. In the future, me speaking about Clove might not be quite this long, but I really wanted to explain why I chose. It's not just about, let's be honest, we can get promos from other companies on this podcast, we can partner with other people. And if I was just trying to get free merch or whatever, I can do that. There's a lot of opportunity. You see it all over Instagram. This podcast isn't about that. And you aren't about that because you're here. You're here working on these issues actively. You're in your free time right now, caring about relationships with other hospital providers and racial disparities and women in medicine. So I know that you care about these issues too. I take it as a personal obligation to 
only partner with people that are really serious about this and just aren't just like putting up a flag and really not doing anything. This company is one that I stand by and I support. The cool thing is that if you order cloves, um, and I'm going to post a picture of my awesome aqua blue shoes and how cute they are. If you want a pair, use the promo code RNMD when you check out. That is going to get you a free pair of compression stockings. The compression stockings are a whole nother thing. I'm not even going to go into it because I don't want to bore you, but seriously, I'm not joking. I love them. Mine are tie-dye and they're actual compression stockings. And as somebody who's been a nurse for a minute, let me talk about my varicose veins, okay? I need these socks. I love them. They're so cute. I just wanted to give you guys the good news. I'm really excited to be with them. Thank you so much to Clove. I'm so excited to be part of the Clove Club. And okay, I'm going to stop talking your ear off. Let's go back to Rishi because I'm obsessed with every word he has to say. And you can't see him, but he was like smiling the whole time we were talking and like laughing. He's just literally the nicest person in the world. Okay. Okay, guys. So chiropractors, why is it always a chiropractor? What's happening? I'm gonna let you start this one, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there was a time where me and Abby were in California on vacation when people could do that. And we decided to walk into a bookstore because we're very well read. We have a big book collection. We walked past a bookstore and we just went in. <laughs> I like my narrative a little bit more, but it's okay. We didn't buy anything. We didn't buy anything because <laughs> of this. So we walk through the store and we get to the fake medicine section. Like that's the aisle. And there was this one title of the... Wellness. Wellness, <laughs> right? AKA wellness. Sorry. And there was this book that said... Dr. So-and-so, like health counselor, health, like, I don't even remember the title, but Abby insists that we do not mention this person's name. But after reading this book, I'm like, what kind of doctor is this guy? I have to look into this. Like he's, he's like touting all these things like diet stuff, like curing, you know, cancers and health, I mean, heart disease and stuff like that. Everything. Everything. I look in the back page in fine print or like not fine print, like the smallest font you can think of. It says, doctor of chiropractic medicine, you know, from like New Hampshire. I don't even know where. And now he's like pretending like he's a doctor and he's using his name as a doctor. And I thought that was a little misleading. Oh, it's very misleading. So my, my issue is the problem is in a clinical setting, when you're touting clinical information that deals with human patients, I have to even say that because of the vets and stuff, you know, like there's a misleading component, like you just said. And it's very convenient when these same individuals leave out their actual degrees and they just put the word doctor in there. I'm like, okay, that's cute. You know, <laughs> with all the pictures and your little white coats and stethoscopes and stuff. When have you ever used the stethoscope? Totally. For real. Like, yeah. I, I can't get over that. And if they stick to their specialty and, you know, they're very transparent about their credentials, that's one thing. I mean, I'm not I'm never going to be able to do the job of a chiropractor or a podiatrist or a dentist or anyone. Like, there's a reason those specialties exist and they're important. But if you start spewing stuff about things that you have no understanding or could not understand, that's a real problem. Because as it is, people are confused enough and now they're confused among healthcare professionals who to trust. Totally. It's like me, like, I have a, I'm a doctor. It's like me saying, Hi, I'm Dr. So and so. Come to me for all your mental health help. Right. It's like, that's not my specialty, but I have a specialty in something, but that's not my specialty, but I'm trying to profit from 
another specialty. You know, I, I think that's wrong. And I think in some ways it should be kind of regulated. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I went to this doctor. I went to his website. Okay. And I wanted to look up cures that he's touting for some of this stuff. Okay. So essential oils specifically, I looked up what he said that they do. Okay. And the most interesting, of course, it was everything that you said, you know, detoxifies in your skin and you're, you're going to look fabulous and feel fabulous and have more energy. But also he said that there's a strong link between frankincense, essential oil specifically, and curing autism. And it was published in Autism Parenting Magazine that he recommended the following oils. And there's a list and frankincense is the top one. And then the next one is sandalwood for anyone with autism or ADHD. I mean, I'm not going to go into all of it, but the final thoughts that he left people with was there are many natural remedies for autism. Before making decisions about your child's treatment, I highly recommend learning as much as possible about different treatment options that are available. Allergy food testing, eliminating problematic foods like gluten or cow's milk, the essential oils, this traditional Chinese medicine, which has acupuncture in it. And it, he ends it by saying, so many parents have seen their children's autism symptoms improve drastically with natural autism treatment approaches. So please do not lose hope if you're struggling with a child with autism at this moment. So he's taking a desperate parent and putting all of this misinformation in their head and he's selling products. He's selling essential oils. Sorry, I'm fired up about this guy. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Monetizing fear is something I don't even have a word for that. I mean, that's, that's just, that's not even cruel. That's like playing off of a parent's, like you said, desperation, they want the best for their child, and they're willing to do whatever. And if someone some sham is out there saying, you know, we can do, we can cure whatever. If you pay this monthly fee of whatever, like, that's stupid. That's, that's unethical. That's, that's beyond just any sense of like compassion that's uh, yeah I, i'm a, yeah help me out dan <laughs> no i i actually agree i think it's so immoral you know from many angles i was gonna say even religiously speaking like I, I bet you this guy's a religious guy i think he is i think he mentioned at some point he's a religious he guy and he's yeah. doing something like this it's yeah. so most of these people are, which is very bizarre yeah. to me. They're really religious. Yeah. And like he's exploiting like a vulnerable population. You know what I would like to do is to go to everybody who did buy his product and follow up with them and see, mm -hmm. oh, did anything actually happen? And see that they were just kind of manipulated and are okay with the fact that nothing happened. And maybe mentally they justified it somehow, make people aware of how this doesn't do anything. He, he's exploiting people, but... I don't think that's ever going to be done, but I'm just saying. The problem with that, I think, is it's, especially with these diagnoses, it's not binary. It's not like you have it or you don't have it. The idea of improvement with autism or ADHD or anything like that, it's a spectrum. So you're going to be looking for it. You're going to have, you know, a placebo effect. You're going to take this and you're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, I did notice that my son did a little bit better or, you know, just whatever. When in reality, there's no way to really standardize that. And 
there might be, I don't, I'm not an expert in any of this neuropsychiatric mm-hmm. stuff. So there may be scoring systems or whatever they can use for more objective assessments, but that's a real problem because you're, you're really playing, like you said, you're exploiting these vulnerable families and making a whole lot of money in the process. So I think that's a great point that it it's hard to it's not measurable mm-hmm. always like it's very difficult. And, you know, something I saw was a mom who was very practical with her use of essential oils and she has a daughter with autism. And, you know, she just said, look, my daughter has anxiety and she likes smelling things. She picks up shampoo bottles and, you know, it's something that calms her in general. So why not give her this? I mean, in that kind of scenario, you know, but she's not expecting it to cure. That's that's where the line is. Right. 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 Yeah. So similar to this guy that we both really don't like with the book, There's a family that I found. There's a whole family, okay? This guy is also a chiropractor. Just just saying. (laughs) And he 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 flat out said essential oils cure cancer, which is he's not allowed to say that, regulated by the FDA. And he said it. And he said that he knows a lot of people who he said, I know a lot of people who had cancer. We did essential oil treatment and now they don't. I'm just gonna say like expletive 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 <laughs> like there's right a chiropractor can stick to what they know and leave it to oncologists and exactly there's no i mean anytime someone says something can cure something in medicine that's a red flag to me because there's very few times especially in oncology that you can cure things you can control things you can potentially you know limit further spread but curing, I wish we could. I mean, oh, that's a brilliant thought. And I'm sure no one's thought of it. Let's cure cancer. Yeah, you know, we're working on that. We're trying. And all these different solid tumors, hematogenous cancers, they all manage differently. But a chiropractor to say that this cures cancer is putting more ignorance out there than, than anything else. They have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm really done with all these woke chiropractors. <laughs> chiropractors you're on blast chiropractors and pilates instructors pilates instructors for some reason have been the other really woke group doing all this but i mean i think the the problem is that a lot of people like i had a neighbor once and she does massage and she does these like workshops wellness workshops for people a couple's kind of workshops and stuff and when Donald Trump got elected, I saw her in the hallway and I said the comment I made to her was something along the lines of like, I'm just so worried about health care because it was already sort of on shaky ground with, you know, Obamacare. And then he took over and I didn't know what was going to happen. And she made a comment to me like, oh, well, if people can't see doctors anymore, we're going to have to take over. That's what the conversation in her community they were having. And my comment back to her was, well, I hope you guys learn how to take care of DKA because um, there's a lot of... (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Because I'm mean and I... (laughs) That was good. Anyway, but yeah, so I I don't know. This... Okay, this guy, hold on. Let me read this to you. Dr. Z. You can say his name. You can say That one I I can say. Wait, what about his partner's name? (laughs) Hold on. We'll get to her in a second. (laughs) He is a doctor of chiropractic medicine who specializes in public health research and aromatherapy. 
a pioneer in the biblical health space. He's a New York Times bestselling author, which is just so scary to me. Okay, he has one of the most visited websites devoted to Bible health and non-branded essential oil education in the world. His wife is one of these people that you're talking about, Rishi. She's a certified group fitness and martial arts instructor, health coach, lactation consultant, natural health guru. Oh, my God. It's a lot of letters behind her name. Mama Z. Mama Z. I wish people could see. The thing is, I'd love to talk to these people face to face because when they're Google searches, when they're not able to hide behind a computer screen or their phone and do quick Google searches, we can see what their intellect is really about and what their actual experience is to say, oh, yeah, I believe this and it's in my book. Buy it for 30 bucks and you can read all about it. F that. Like, I want to see what your brain pans can bring face to face with people like us who are actually dealing with these people in real life. General vibe I've been getting is people are fed up of healthcare professionals and they're looking for alternatives. So the next best thing are these people like the celery juice guy. I think he was a New York Times bestselling something. So it's like they're just they're looking for alternatives because they're fed up with an imperfect science that can't cure everything. And that's what I've seen in my very like limited time in in healthcare. I can see where they're coming from. But at the same time, that doesn't make it right. I mean, that was going to be one of my questions for you is, you know, why do you think this is happening? Do you think that maybe we need to be tougher on some of this because we've let a lot of it go in the way of like people have a right to an opinion which they do but like where's the line you know (laughs) if you can answer that question that'd be amazing they crossed it yeah yeah (laughs) i think we can't see it because they've way crossed it yeah i think it's ridiculous and that's why a lot of social media platforms are actually cracking down on them Mm -hmm. believe it or not Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. Well, that guy that Rishi, you were just mentioning, the medical medium, I think, is his Instagram deleted his account. I didn't know that. That's actually really funny. Yeah. Or at least as (laughs) as of today, at least it it might be, you know, back. But he's at home in like a essential oils bath, crying, (laughs) drinking the celery juice. Crying green tears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No. Okay, wait, hold on. We have to, for people who have who don't know about this guy, Dan, do you want to talk about the medical <laughs> medium, please? Which guy? Oh, okay. So, okay. So, the medical medium, he's, he's associated with Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. He's a main Goop consultant, which is really scary. And like you said, he's a New York Times bestselling author. Okay, and, and these titles too, I want to tell you guys all the titles later because they're hilarious. They're so funny. But he he's a medium. He speaks to spirits and he can see you and he can see blood clots. He can see disease. He can see inflammation. He can see infection because the spirit is guiding him and he can tell you exactly what you want or what you should be taking. And and it's usually celery juice. He What are we saying about Epstein-Barr, Dan? What does he think? Of- he thinks that, for, uh, first of all, he said he can elucidate all of the problems pertaining to the thyroid. Now, this is the funniest part. He's like, including Hashimoto's. Graves disease and Epstein Barr. And I'm like, that's like a completely different, it's like a completely different thing. It's not even the realm of that. I don't know. That just shows his lack of awareness, you know? And he mm-hmm. thinks that every cancer is caused by a virus and that we should focus on that. I mean, there are some viruses that cause cancers, but to say that 
all cancers are caused by viruses is a very big misinformed blanket statement. But I mean, he has a huge following. I mean, I on Instagram, when I was looking for him and I couldn't find him because Instagram deleted him, what I did find was a woman who has a child who has autism and she had a picture of all these supplements that she bought from his website. And she said that in combination with the diet that he was prescribing, she was giving to her child to try to cure the autism. And it was things like zinc and B12 and this vitamin that I'd never even heard of. I don't think it's a real thing. You know, it, it's it's like flowers <laughs> crushed up or something. I don't know. And it's just so bizarre and sad. Like I don't. Yeah. Do you say? Would you say he's canceled? I'm canceled. Yeah. Canceled. <laughs> canceled. Abby's canceled him. That's funny. I like that. He's dead to me. Uh, oh, but he he does have a psychic connection to angels too. I need you guys to know that. I just I think like so many people are frustrated with healthcare. They expect us to be able to fix 50 years of sedentary lifestyle and crappy eating and all that. And when we can't do that, they lose faith in our ability to actually take care of them. So they resort to the next best thing, which are all these shams. But then, especially with COVID, all this stuff going on now or on social media, you've got actual healthcare professionals calling these people out. The problem is they can criticize us to, you know, to the end of the day. But at the end of the day, we still have to take care of them. We can't say, oh, you know what? You were at that party not wearing a mask. Nah, you know what? You, you did this to yourself. We're not going to take care of you. No, we still have to suck it up and take care of them. And mm-hmm. we don't have any other options. They have the options and they still choose to go with the shams and quacks and pseudoscientists. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, it's kind of demoralizing and disconcerting at the same time, because if everything was equal, we could just say, you know what? Effort. Where if you didn't, and you know, there's stuff on that about that on social media too. Where like, all right, well, if you don't want to wear a mask, you got to wear take this card, and we're not going to treat you in the hospital. Blah blah. That's never going to work. Like you can't prove right. that someone got it because they were at a party or traveling and you know doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. There's no way to do that. Even contact tracing, mm-hmm. it's not nowhere near perfect. But these are the same people who you know were at rallies or you know doing whatever not taking any precautions, being rogue, getting it. And then they come to the you know, ER saying, please, please, please take care of me. Like we don't have any other option. That's our default and that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. So 100%. Yeah. Just like you were telling a cocaine user not to use cocaine, but they're coming in with like, you know, overdose from cocaine or hypertensive urgency. You got to treat them. You know, they, you know, they're behaving against medical advice, but we're still going to treat them. I mean, yeah. they're not exactly the same, obviously, but yeah, like all the bringbacks and stuff. And even if you provide support, and you know, even if it's totally free, and they just have to show up to something, unless we only provide recommendations. At the end of the day, it's it's up to them to actually follow through. And some of them do; they change their lives, turn things around, and others just keep kind of spiraling downwards. So it's the nature of medicine. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you if you can design your own mask to wear, like to protect from COVID, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> you know, I, I never thought about that. I'm very so when I'm in the unit, when I'm examining patients, I'll have my respirator on. But if I'm walking outside the unit, I just have my N95 on because people can't hear me with my respirator on. 
I'm screaming at patients. Ours are these like little cheap ones that we had stockpiled as a hospital system from years ago. And I'm like screaming for patients to hear me. And by the end of the day, my voice is like gone. I don't know what I would change. Maybe I put like racing stripes on the side or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> Or like a Pistons, maybe like a Pistons logo. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Or like a little speaker on it. It could like it could like translate your words for you. That'd be awesome. Like Bluetooth that thing and just like, you know, that's going to be the next next big thing. Hopefully this pandemic will be over by the time people get creative oh with high tech masks. Oh, my God. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. There are days where I forget about it. I know I shouldn't say that, but I wake up in the morning, you know, I shower. That's my routine, by the way. I make some coffee and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take on the day. I walk out of the house and I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot I my mask. mask still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that extra thing that yeah. is just, it kind of takes away from your day. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I know I shouldn't say that. I do it obviously, but it's just like, just that it, it puts you in the mentality that we're still in this pandemic. That's the, what I'm trying to say is like, and we really just, we really just want to get out of this mentality, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, especially for healthcare practitioners, we just want to go back to how we used to be. And it's hard yeah. to do that. And it's a reminder every day when we have to put the mask on. Absolutely. Rishi, how did you get started in Instagram? So, you know, it was, it was interesting because I, I had it when Instagram first came out, like long time ago, I got it just because it was the new thing. But I didn't actually use it. So I registered an account. I think I took one picture of a hospital that I worked at and posted it. And I was like, all right, whatever. This is this is cool. But I didn't actually get into it until I started residency. And that too is more just like cataloging. Okay, this is my first day of residency. This is my first day of first day of intern year, first day of actual residency, little stuff like that, little milestones. And then it really wasn't until my fellowship where I'm like, you know what? I've been making all these notes for my trainees. Let me just post these things and see if people like them because it's just like you like it you like it you don't you don't it's free it's like all right fine hate me Mm -hmm. but then a lot of people sort of i guess it resonated with them and um, left good feedback and then kind of built on that and just kept going and going and going and yeah that was that was how it came to be that's awesome i love your educational stuff thank you Cause like when I first went on Instagram, I was looking for like medical topics to kind of review on. It's probably not probably, it is my favorite educational, like, like page. It's like spot spot Mm -hmm. on, you know? Yeah. Appreciate that. That, that actually means a lot. Thank you. So your girlfriend is a nurse too, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She's a heart failure ICU nurse. Oh my God. That's amazing. So wait, do you guys talk about work? We actually work in the same part of the hospital. So a lot of the patients she takes care of in the ICU are the same ones that I take to the operating room. So naturally, by virtue of that, we we overlap a lot with not even just topics, but actual patients. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we talk a fair amount. And she's at work right now. So she's going to come home and vent. That's kind of what she does. But I let her do that. Like, you know, I had a great day or I had a horrible day. My assignments are horrible. <laughs> no one likes me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah. It, it we can relate. It go, we yeah. can relate to that. That's part of yeah. That's part of medicine. Yep. That's so medicine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys talk about like specific cases? Like, she'll be like, "Oh, this and this and this," and then she'll ask stuff like, "Cause she sees these patients a lot of the times post operatively, and then she'll wonder like, "Okay, why did they do that? Why did they do that? What is this?" 
you know, certain details that are in the intraoperative case or just pathologies that are kind of rare. And at the same time, I ask her, like, hey, how are they doing? <laughs> like, I, I took care of them three, four days ago, and you're taking care of them today. Like, how have they been? Are they getting better? Are they extubated? Are they off presser? You know, whatever the whatever the issue is. And it's it's just, it happens that we're, like, two floors apart. So sometimes I'll just come down and see how she's doing and vice versa. So it makes it nice that we're in the same building. Definitely. Have you learned anything specific about nurses through your relationship with her? <laughs> Let's just say this. So I had, I already had like mad respect for, for nurses just through my training and especially my ICU training, just because we work with them so closely at the bedside. But just like anything else, there's always a bad side to things. And that's what I'm getting from her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but like there's, there's a lot of positive stuff, but that stuff I already knew because that's the capacity that I work with the bedside nurses in. It's the stuff that you don't always hear about. Um, that's, that's kind of what I've come to learn. Through. Like what? Like what? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Just like. That actually makes sense. Gossip stuff and, eh, you know, how certain people treat orientee or preceptees or orientees. I forgot the actual term, but like the baby nurses mm -hmm. and certain people being more entitled for their assignments and laziness. And I mean, I'm talking about rare. This is not the norm by any means. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's just, it's kind of funny because it parallels a lot of what I see on the, on the physician side. And I'm like, you're speaking to the, you're preaching to the choir here. Like I, I know mm -hmm. all this stuff because I know the same people and we, everyone in healthcare eventually shows their true colors, I guess. Like, some people are there for the right reasons. Some people are there just to get by. Some people are very motivated and some people are lazy. <laughs> it's just the way of anything. I yeah, guess. definitely. Yeah. Dan and I, we started really talking about some of this stuff during COVID, especially because we were both in the ICU and mm -hmm. we did the similar things. Like I would be like, oh, I have this patient today, you know, and I would be like, what what happened with this? And like, he would give me a better hi history than like anybody. You know, I was like, I no one, you know, that nobody in nursing knows about any of this. Like, and I would yeah. like tell the nurses, they'd be like, really? And I would be like, yeah. And then they would ask me like, where did you get this information? And I, I didn't want to be like, oh, Dan text me it, you know? <laughs> uh, we, we do that all the time. Literally like, She'll, I'll, I'll tell her certain things about like, okay, this case got pushed back, this transplant got pushed back. And then she'll tell her colleagues and they're like, how did you know? Or like, this mm. patient's going to the OR tomorrow. And they're like, how do you know? It's all, oh, it's on Rishi's OR tracker. Like, <laughs> just like, well, it should <laughs> probably be funny. NPO. No, just, I mean, it's, it's good to have, it's not even inside information. It's just better communication, I think. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's actually, I mean, that's obviously the reason for this podcast is it's really bizarre to me that it takes a personal relationship like that to realize the massive breakdowns in communication between our two departments. It's very unfortunate. I feel like very junior physicians, like early in their uh, training, don't understand the value of the team. They're more interested in just making sure they don't hurt anyone, which is reasonable. Like, is this patient sick or are they not sick? Am I going to kill them or am I not going to kill them? Like, how do I take care of them? They don't really mm -hmm. appreciate the utilization of everyone on the team. And, yeah. you know, nurses are extremely experienced and they know kind of the minute to minute, second to second changes. 
a respiratory therapist, went to school to be an expert at what they do, a dietitian, same thing, like utilize mm -hmm. your resources. And in the unit, that's kind of what I, I call myself a glorified secretary. I just ask the bedside nurse, hey, what do you want to do? All right, fine. <laughs> that sounds good. Dietitian, hey, what should we be giving? Okay, let's do that. Respiratory <laughs> therapist, how should we adjust these vents? Okay, that sounds good. Perfect. And then I just consolidated a note and sign it. That's my glorified secretary role now. Partly being facetious, but <laughs> it's it's such a team sport that's not really taught in. I know it's not taught in med school. I know it's mm -hmm. not because you're just trying to get through exams and digest all this information. But the sooner you realize it, the better you are for it. Definitely. Definitely. Actually, the moment when I started to do that, like when I was more junior, I'm still pretty junior. I mean, it definitely compared to you. But when I first came in, I kind of had that mentality that you were talking about. But later on, I started to really ask other healthcare professionals, namely nurses, about what they wanted to do, what their plans were. That dramatically improved my decision-making game. You know, you, know, you really got to, you know, what is their viewpoint? What do they want to do? And, and then you can make a better decision. Sure. You may not always go with it, but yeah. For definitely. sure. And this is like a short anecdote, but my first, first, first rotation as an intern. So I was literally a glorified medical student at that point, was cross-covering at this hospital. And there were two interns that were night float. Um, one covered the top half of the hospital, one covered the bottom half. And the very first phone call I got, it was like 7.05. I just got my pager and I was like, perfect. All right, I'm going to save lives here. And a nurse calls, like, she's, she's, like, she's like, yeah, doc, are you the uh, float? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, this patient takes something for constipation. Uh, he's just wondering if you could write for something. And I'm like, sweet. Okay, I got this. I can put this order in. <laughs> Hang the phone up. And then I'm like, shoot, what do I write? Like, do I do colis? Do I do salad? Like, what if this patient dies from, what if they get diarrhea and they get dehydrated and they get hypotensive and they just like crap their brains out? Uh, so I'm literally sitting there on like up to date Googling like, doses for colase and it's the most pathetic thing ever i just fortunately i was like you know what maybe she won't hate me if i call her back so i call her back and i'm like what are you guys normally <laughs> she's like oh, yeah. i just put her some santa and i was like i can do that i can do that nice and very very early on i was like oh yeah i can just ask ask them for help and that really just kind of for sure. helped everything. I mean, nursing loves that, too, because like, for example, if we usually use Senna or whatever the example is. Right. And then you order Miralax and I was expecting something different. Right. And then I'm like, why? You know, I'm like now now my job is like harder. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it, it just like makes everything more annoying. But like nursing does that, too. Like as a new nurse, I definitely felt the same way that you guys are talking about like I came in with a similar mentality like I'm gonna just save everybody and like you know I had this sort of like nursing is this this profession and it has all this history behind it and I'm gonna uphold this history and you know this like Florence Nightingale bullshit kind of you know <laughs> oh my god oh she <laughs> and, went there she went there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read her book. It was all right. And it, <laughs> and and then like after a while it's like you realize like nobody here is the only person who can save this patient. Nobody at this hospital is the only person who's looking out for this patient's best interest. And I think you learn that when you're green, you might feel that because you're 
you're scared. You know, you feel like all this pressure is on you. And then you start to realize, like, I have all these people for a reason. Like, none of this is all on me. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Very, very for true. Sure. Oh, my gosh. Do we have any other medical misinformation? Okay, stuff? there's a couple more. I have just here. I'm just going to hit all these real quick. I'll just say yeah. them and you and you guys say if they're like if they're real or fake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay. Hey, spoiler. They're all going to be fake. I was going to okay. say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about, okay, this is a nice title from a girl on Instagram that I found. This is her title. Okay. Nutritional therapy practitioner. What? What does that mean? What? I mean, like a nutritionist? No, because that's a real thing. <laughs> She's a nutritional therapy <laughs> practitioner. She, she has like a combined whole combined three different professions into one time. Like, like that's uh, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Did she put licensed in front of that too? She didn't. That's but right. she has a whole section about canola, canola oil, and tooth powder, and bone broth, and how it like cures cancer. Well, now she's okay. legit. <laughs> okay oh fake by the way that was the yeah. answer fake yeah. like fake effing fake <laughs> yeah <laughs> i found this person it's a it's a clinic they specialize in bioengineering testing bioengineering testing okay every practitioner in our clinic is constantly trained in expanding our knowledge base so what they do is they find your root cause issue. You are going to send them hair, nail, urine, saliva samples. They're going to analyze it. And then they're going to send you back what types of supplements you should use. What do you think about that, doctors? It sounds like they're going to make a freaking clone army. Like they want all of that. <laughs> like even 23 me just wants you to spit in a cup and they're able to send you a genetic analysis. <laughs> They want your toenails. Like, yeah, that's too much. I want to test it out just for fun. Like you do it and I do it and see see what goodie bag they give me versus you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It'll be the same. Like, what did you give? And then you like post it on Instagram. Like, look what they gave me. I'll get a freaking lump of coal. That's what I'll get. <laughs> exactly. We have to swallow it. It's like a pill. It's like a big coal pill. Okay. So this was a backup account. And the first thing in their bio, and first, and all of these accounts, I just want to mention, they have like hundreds of thousands of followers. Okay. Of course. This is this is the backup account. And the first thing in their bio says, they deleted our main account. Glad you found us here. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Here's one of their posts. <laughs> Why have some people healed themselves of fatal conditions with the raw food diet? And then it goes into all of this information about how just eating vegetables, raw fruits and vegetables will cure everything. I mean, literally any, you name it, they can cure it. Okay. Raw juice guru for juice addicts. It's all, it's celery juice, basically. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, wait. <laughs> fake. It, it's fake. And I mean, I've got something better. I know something that I can cure everything. Stop aging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Drink some alcaline yeah, water. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Benj- Benjamin Button <laughs> bubbling alkaline water. Okay, here. Here's a good one for the doctors. Ready? Okay. 
this the same this is the same account with the juice okay they say goji berries has anti-inflammatory properties it stimulates the pituitary gland which increases hgh hgh is a master hormone that influences the level of all hormones in your body as we age it decreases goji berry is the only thing that increases it wow i think hgh increases it too <laughs> it increases what goji no no the the release of hgh just give hgh just give hgh <laughs> yeah exactly are you like just give yeah, yeah just give hgh I think we, I think fasting does, right? That's one thing we were, we were briefly talking about I think before. Your, um, your, uh, shoot, I even forgot the thing. I'm not an endocrinologist, but like your insulin sensitivity and all that changes based on growth hormone release. But that's so just the whole point of an endocrine system is all the feedback. And to say that this one thing affects everything, it's the only thing that affects everything. No, that's like, ugh. This this was sent in to me on Instagram because I asked for some feedback. So a lot of these are from Instagram too. People were like sending me these people. So somebody asked about airborne. What do you guys think about airborne? Is that real or fake? Oh yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, if it's claiming to like quote unquote cure a cold that you may have, I think that's kind of a bogus claim in my opinion. Yeah. But maybe it'll give you vitamins and nutrients that you may not have as much of if you're not consuming a right diet. I They're would say. saying that it helps support immune health, vitamin C, et cetera, vitamin K, vitamin E. But then it gets into the whole idea about vitamin C and its role in the immune system and yeah. fighting colds I mean, and stuff like if that. If they phrase it as support, fine. Like, you know what? They're They're not claiming it's a cure. They're not claiming this is the antibiotic for a viral illness they're not claiming anything like that i'll give it to them especially like pros versus cons okay can't really think of any huge huge drawbacks what about this statement that they made vitamin c is a is well known for its immune health benefits it's not only an antioxidant but it also supports cell function and helps guard the body against free radicals found in the environment true or false (laughs) <laughs> I like how they say not only is it an antioxidant, but it is an antioxidant. That's what the last part of that sentence is. <laughs> Guards against the free radicals, right? Like, yeah. like we, we use two different terms to say the same thing. But yeah, you know, it's again, as long as they're not saying it's like a curative thing, because it's a true statement. I mean, we know there are a lot of things that support cell function and the immune system and all that, one of which is vitamin C. So I, I can't fault them for that. I guess my only issue is when, because if you notice, like these are actual things you buy in a store and they got to be very careful with their wording. These are not things that you're seeing by New York Times bestsellers on their Instagram accounts or websites where they can say whatever the hell they want and they just have to have buy-in from the general consumer. So I'm more inclined to like see these things for what they are because they're, they're careful with how they word their, claims. their indication and their claims. Yeah. You want to talk about adrenal fatigue? It's not real. The Endocrine Society, I forgot their official acronym, says it's not real. Who are you going to believe? The actual, don't believe me. I'm not an expert in this. Believe the actual endocrinologists and their association. Like, there's data that shows that, first of all, it's not a gold standard. They're not doing the gold standard testing to assess for relative adrenal insufficiency, first of all. Second of all, 
it just the way that term kind of came to be like okay you're feeling a little fatigued your energy level is low and all that it's because your 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 adrenals aren't making enough cortisol and that's what's driving everything in life including your girlfriend leaving you and your you know joblessness <laughs> or whatever no like at that that's not how you test it and you got to do a cosentropin stimulation and i'm not saying they don't have adrenal insufficiency i'm just saying this concept of adrenal fatigue mm -hmm. you can't just slap a label on that's like saying every kid who doesn't do well in class has autism no it's because they don't put their phone down and pay attention right. and actually study you got to have an actual you know methodology to arrive at that diagnosis this is a good one the avocado is shaped like a pregnant uterus it has a big swollen seed in the middle of it the, by the way, this is like this is like this person has a hundred thousand followers, okay, and is saying this stuff. So, did you know that avocados can reduce the risk of cervical cancer and aids in healthy wombs and the development of babies? Oh my god! If they said just the last part, I would say it maybe, but because they're justifying it by the first part, I'm like, are you kidding me? Just because it looks like a freaking uterus, it doesn't it mean it's going to help the uterus. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It might. It might. There may be something to it. There's, you know, healthy fats and stuff in there. But I hate how they started it off with that. That's like saying eating a zucchini will cure your erectile That's dysfunction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. There's no, there's eggplant emojis. <laughs> oh, there you go. Eggplant is better. Yeah. Eggplant. Well, I don't know. Whatever phallic-shaped vegetable you have in your I'm home. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. The next one is cucumber. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> there you go. What's the claim? What does it say? Cool, cooling effect on organs. All your organs will be cooler. What? It's huh. a fever, oh, fever reducer. <laughs> Isn't it like 96.7% water? I was going to say, yeah. Most of these things are either like a combo of fiber, which you're not going to even in like uptake, and water yeah so yeah there's got to be some mineral vitamin profile that they may be playing off of there but i don't know cooling yeah cooling wow minutes. is there anything you want me to promote no nah, i mean i guess the website but what's, what's the website I mean, uh just rk.md thank you so <laughs> much for doing this i yeah. really appreciate it like no, we it was were fun we we're so excited to talk to you i was like we were looking at your instagram and like oh my god we're talking to rishi today oh my gosh you guys are flattering me i no i was i was really looking forward to it we're a work in progress obviously over here <laughs> no no it was it was super fun it was awesome and tell your girlfriend we said hi <laughs> For sure, for sure. She's probably going to be coming home in the next half hour as she gets something for dinner. Yeah. She works tomorrow as well. Yeah. <laughs> you better feed her. Yeah. All oh right. my gosh. Well, this is fun, guys. Take yeah. care, okay? Be safe up there. Thank you so much. All right. And let us know if you come to the city. We'll go to a Knicks game, all right? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, right. Abby. Thanks, Dan. All, all right. right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Take care. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, any topics you'd like to submit, please send them to rnmdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send them to our Instagram account, which is rnmdpodcast, or my personal Instagram account is the nocturnal nurse. 
If you like the show, please like, please subscribe. We need the love right now. We're just getting started. Also, if you have any suggestions of how we can make this better, this is for you guys. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.